Welcome to Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. We are your ghostesses. That is Corinne. I'm Sabrina. And Corinne, as my in the zeitgeist, in the know, lingo gal, why do people say someone ate? It means that they left no crumbs. It means I'm just going to keep using the other lingo. It's the equivalent of like the millennial, like that's fire. Okay. Or like that slaps. Yeah, exactly. Like they just, whatever they did was so incredible, so excellent. Like they ate, they did the best that they could do. They ate. Okay. Yeah. Not like an effort thing. It's more just like as the audience, we're so impressed. Like they ate. Left no crumbs. I I get it. Okay. Yeah. Nothing left for the rest of us because they're the whole pie. Oh my God. <laughs> it's so weird that I can like, style-wise and trend-wise, like I'm like in the know or like instinctively I get it, but that lingo is so hard for me. (laughs) Words? I'll tell you the words and then you can just tell me what we're supposed to be wearing. Boxer briefs under your pants, lady. If people are up to date, Sabrina flashed us your boxer briefs one episode and then a couple days ago I saw a video on TikTok that was like, here are the hottest trends slash gifts that people asked for for Christmas. And it was mm-hmm. like everything that Sabrina wears and does. And it included boxer briefs. So I was like, look, you were ahead of your time. <laughs> Trendsetter. Did someone say you ate? Is that why you're asking? <laughs> no. <laughs> or where did you hear it? <laughs> I wish now that I know what it means. No, no, no. I saw it in regards to a lot of the like Golden Globes and all that stuff. Based on outfits. Oh. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's hard. One day I'll be behind on the lingo too, but I'm trying to, I'm in the know right now. I'm young enough. I'm on the internet enough, really. I hardly understand the English language, let alone (laughs) the lingo language. So don't come for us for mispronouncing things, you guys. English is one of the most difficult languages out there. It is. Okay. So I follow two accounts that I highly recommend to everyone. I think I've talked about them before. The first is the language nerds. I just, I mean, this is where the no cow on the ice came from many moons ago. Oh, yes. No cow on the ice. This one made me laugh because it says, if you identify a UFO as a UFO, then it becomes an FO unless it has landed and then it's simply an O. Oh, that's right. (laughs) It's just an, or it could still be on ice. It's a UO. Because it's an unidentified object. But if you identify a UFO as a UFO, as you're a UFO. identifying And then it. it stops flying. Yeah. It's just an object. It could still be in, hmm. Well, because I was thinking of UAPs, you know, unidentified aerial phenomena. The, sure. Okay. My mind is, I can't talk about this See? right now. This is the stuff that I'm trying to get my mind wrapped around, not eating, aiding, oh, leaving no man. crumbs. She ate, baby. If you leave no crumbs, then you just ate. You ate telling us <laughs> about those Instagram accounts. Anyway, we are here to talk about the paranormal because this is an encounters mm-hmm. episode. And we read your stories to you. Also, I sat up in my like little witchy entryway today. It's so nice. It's so beautiful. I'm hoping in a few weeks that I can actually sit in front of my bookshelf that I have in the office. I can't wait. But there were some mishaps in the project. So what I thought was going to be two days is probably like two weeks. So I'm moving. I'm trying. You know, you're doing your best. I'm doing my best. Homeowning. Here, 
You're giving us witch today. I'm giving you snow. You can see the snow on my so sunroom roof out here. I'll let you see the trees. Oh. Beauty. <laughs> uh, I do miss the snow. I know. It's so nice. I am going to start because okay. last week I was going to read two emails and then I ended up just reading one and I was like, oh, I'll read the next one next week. So I figured why not start with that one? Okay. Leia is upset with my decision. I think she's upset with me because this is usually still our cuddle time. And so she's upset with me. Oh, well, you can still cuddle her. I know. I'm trying to get her to come up here. No, but she's <laughs> in, she's going to jump on the table and we're going to shake. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. Well, this one involves an animal because last week I'd picked out two dog stories, only read one. And so we're going to start out with a lighthearted guardian ghost dog email. Oh, sweet. Okay. Yes. And this was sent in by Gretchen. Hi, Corinne and Sabrina. I have a nice little mystery slash ghost story that I thought you would like. I've wanted to share it for years, but can never find the time to sit down and write it up. So here it is. It was the spring of 1972 in the South Shore suburb of Boston. My grandparents had left for a week-long Roman holiday to celebrate their 25th wedding anniversary my mom, Nancy, who was 11, her brother, Tony, 13, and sister, Terry, 8, were left home in the care of their eldest sister, Stephanie, who was 24 years old. On Monday morning, my mom was getting ready to walk to the bus stop when she saw a medium-sized black, gray, and white dog by the front door. She'd never seen this dog in the neighborhood before. Not quite a border collie, but close. Her family had never had any pets growing up, and she was quite fearful of dogs, actually. And on occasion, she would help her older brother on his paper route, and dogs would chase and charge at them. That is terrifying. <sighs> yeah. So on this Monday morning, my mom was racking her brain, how the hell am I supposed to get out of the door to avoid this dog? <laughs> Missing the bus was not an option, so she had to be brave. She had to walk past the dog. My mom and her sisters, holding their breath and keeping as still as possible, headed out the front door and started walking. The dog calmly walked alongside them, down the street, and to the bus stop. The girls got on the bus and they headed off for school. At the end of the day, the dog was there waiting at the bus stop. And the dog happily greeted the girls as they got off the bus, Aww. licking and jumping all over them, which was very scary for my mom. And then the dog followed them all the way home, walking up the back steps and curled up on the porch. The dog slept on the back porch that night and every night that week. Oh, that is so sweet. I know. And every day would walk my mom and her sibling to the bus stop and then pick them up after school. The eldest, Stephanie, had even laid out some blankets on the back porch for the dog. My mom thinks she must have been feeding the dog, too. <laughs> Towards the end of the week, nearing my grandparents' arrival back home, my mom and her siblings started to worry. Their father was very strict and he hated dogs. How are they going to explain this? The dog just showed up. What were they supposed to do? <laughs> They all went to bed the night before their parents were scheduled to return home. The dog still curled up on the back porch. When they woke up the next morning, the dog was gone without a trace. They never saw it again, not around the neighborhood or anywhere. It just disappeared. Oh, I just got... It never had a collar, so they have no idea if it just went back home or what happened. But growing up, I always asked my mom to tell me the story of the guardian ghost dog and wondered if this was true. But every once in a while, it would come up at family gatherings and my aunts would all confirm the story and wonder about their guardian angel. Keep up the good work. New listener. Just love your podcast. Found it just in time for spooky season. Gretchen. 
Oh, it reminds me so much of Nana in Peter Pan. Yes, yes. It's so sweet. And it's like, I know. I almost wonder if there's like a relative or someone who had passed away and knew that the parents were going to be gone and was like, I'm just going to be here to make them feel safe. Yeah, like a little extra supervision. Because even, I mean, even though their older sister was an adult and in her mid 20s, it's still a lot to care for three kids when you're not used to being like, yeah, a parent or whatever. And I'm sure she has her own life. And yeah. walking to and from the bus stop is one of the things. It's like you want the kids to be safe. And so mm-hmm. I do love that idea that there was some sort of intervention from the spirit world that was like, let's just have this dog be Nana for yeah. the week. It's My so mom used cute. to call Wrinkles Nana sometimes because he was very much like that. I do want to say something real quick. And I feel like this is me getting defensive for a second. <sighs> <laughs> What part of this story has, <laughs> has made you feel like you need to defend something? No, I've thought about this for a long time. Okay, so I am a self-proclaimed cat lady. It is very clear I love cats. I just, yes. I, I think I am part cat or was a cat. Like I just really, really connect to the species of felines. But I grew up with dogs and I love dogs. And for some reason, I think because of how much I proclaim my love for cats, people assume I hate dogs. So there have been multiple times in my life recently, or just generally, but a lot more recently that people have been like, oh, well, you don't like dogs. And I have to stop and be like, excuse me, when did I ever say that? No, you just have a very strong preference one way, but it doesn't mean you dislike anything else. No, I would love to have a dog. I love guinea pigs, but I'm not going to have a pet guinea pig. Well, I would have a pet dog. Like if I had a house that had like a bunch of land, I would absolutely get a dog. To me, it doesn't make sense to have a dog in a smaller apartment without the ability to really, well, let them like roam and have a lot of freedom. And dogs are much more needy than cats too. So there is much less flexibility. Right. I can't make my big trip if I have a dog and I don't have someone to walk no. my dog. So exactly, I just needed to defend myself there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> good. The Speak end. your piece. Did you guys know that hair thinning will happen to approximately one in two women? So you do not have to feel like you are alone. In fact, it surely happened to me. <laughs> But I started taking Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, fast growing hair with less shedding. And let me tell you, it felt so good to just wake up one day and notice how many baby hairs I had around the crown of my face. I was like, oh my God, it's working. My hair is coming back. And Nutrafol knows that everyone's root cause of hair thinning is different. So Nutrafol has multiple formulas that are tailored to give your hair what it needs to grow throughout different stages, such as postpartum, menopause, as well as different lifestyles, and even plant-based diets. You take their hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific root causes. And then with Nutrafol, building a hair growth routine is so simple. You purchase online. There's no prescription required free shipping, and automated deliveries to ensure that you never miss a day and you can see results in three to six months. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription 
and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code TGOG. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code T-G-O-G. That's Nutrafol.com promo code T-G-O-G. Also, I really, in the beginning of Gretchen's story, I really truly thought the opening sentence was, I'm a real mystery for you. Oh, let's crack you open, Gretchen. See see what we'll find. Now I feel like we should create our own lingo and be like, instead of she ate, they ate, he ate, whatever, it's they're a mystery. They're a mystery. Or let's not forget, get cleansed. Yes. We have that in our repertoire as well. We do. We have so many things. We also have more emails. And per usual, can you guess what kind of story I picked? I'm going to guess demonic, possession, Ouija board, something of a sort. Yeah. So (laughs) while I also lean towards dark stories, it doesn't mean I don't like the nice ones, but I didn't pick the nice ones today. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is from our listener, Christina. And we actually spoke with Christina on Campfire Stories a couple weeks ago. And I remember we both got off of that Campfire Stories and we were like, holy shit. (laughs) So I found an email from Christina, which talks a little bit about what Christina covered on the Campfire Stories, but like doesn't even scratch the surface, but it's still fascinating and terrifying. So it is called, please be careful. He is more dangerous than he seems. I know. Ooh. Hello, my divas of darkness. <gasps> I love that. <laughs> I know. My name is Christina, and all names may be used in this story. I do have ADHD, so sorry if I ramble or sidetrack. I will do my best. Welcome. We will understand exactly what you're saying, so don't worry. Yes. You are welcomed by someone who was recently diagnosed with it. So I, I'm here for you. I get it. Finding your podcast has made me feel like I found my tribe for the supernatural and I have felt alone my entire life. I started listening to podcasts in May of 2022. I found your podcast from Morbid and I binged all of your episode in just a few weeks. What? Until I hit an episode that shook me to my core. And I'm actually shaking as I type this. Oh gosh. I put this email off because I was afraid about talking about him. Or in my house, we refer to him as He who shall not be named. I'm going to give you a bit of backstory, and there is some trigger warnings that came into this world with a bit of trauma. Or, actually, Christina wrote a ton of trauma. Some say they have baggage. I say I was born with it. I was born to a teen who was 14 who hid their pregnancy, hid their delivery, and after days put me in front of a porch. After several weeks, the police found my mom, gave me back to her, And I suffered trauma throughout my years, including three near-death experiences, all drowning, all involving my mother. One, when I was born, so I don't remember, but I've been told. Another, when I was five, being taught to swim, my great-grandmother stepped in and stopped my mom. And the last being when I was 14 and was dragged by a speedboat after the tow rope became wrapped around my leg. Jeez. Oh, my God. I truly thought I was going to die until my terrified friend got my mom to stop driving. So I stay away from the water now. You could say I've been close to death since the day I was born. 
Every day was survival until I married my husband, Tim, at 18 years old after dating him for three years. He was my lifeline and he truly saved me. So since I was a child, I have seen and heard spirits. My first ever I saw was a little boy around six in a little sailor suit. I have predicted seven deaths, always three days before. Side note, my middle name is after my great-grandmother, Irene, who was psychic and also predicted her own death to the hour. I have her clock that would sing Goodnight, Irene, and was playing when my family got back from her funeral. But the thing was turned off. Oh, my gosh. Do you remember this story? Yes, I do remember all of this. Yeah. And I remember having the same question, and I don't even remember if I asked Christina, but I do wonder if her, if Irene, like, had any fear leading up to that moment, or if she was just so intuitive and so in tune that she was like, that's just the way life is. I'm leaving now. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to ask. Because I feel like Christina has a novel's worth of experiences. Yes. Yes. I think we barely spoke when we were talking to her on campfire stories. Oh. We were just mouth agape. Like, oh. It was like the entire hour. We were just like, whoa. <laughs> we're like, do you want to take over our podcast? <laughs> she deserves to be in the, the seat more. Okay. So the most terrifying thing that I have experienced has followed me throughout my life. And I will not even use his name in my house. When I was a child, I had an experience with sleep paralysis and a shadow man who would stand in the corner of my room almost every night. It was so dark that you could not see through him, almost as tall as a seven-foot ceiling, always just standing there watching. You could feel the presence so dark, so thick, it covered you like a blanket, heavy and clinging to you. One night, the presence changed and I instantly became aware, awaking from my sleep. At the foot of my bed was a man wearing a hat. Yes, that man. And for the sake of Christina and clearly, you know, giving names to entities sometimes can give them more power or or it also takes away their power. I don't know. But based on Christina's desire not to share that name, I'm going to not say it. But the man that wears the hat. Yes, we know who. Yeah. We all know. Christina says, I still will not say his name. I was paralyzed by mine, racing, his mouth twisting and forming a hideous smile with yellow-aged teeth, brown along the gum line. I begged my body to move, to scream, to do anything, but I remained frozen. He began to climb onto the bed, moving closer and closer to my face, and suddenly I was able to move and scream. He vanished in that moment, and I was finally able to move. Thankfully, never seeing him again, but Shadow Man is always there. I would continue to hear noises and other spirits here and there, but I was so scared of my abilities that I tried to turn them off as much as I could over the years, but I always dreaded sleep, and still to this day I do. Like Edgar Allan Poe said, sleep, the little slices of death that I dread. I feel like he understood. Anyway, we moved from that house in a tiny little mountain town to the desert, and activity slowed for a bit for me, but not the house we had just moved out of. My cousin, who was a firefighter, called and told us that the people we sold the house to, the mom was gone from the home and her teenage son took all of their belongings in the house, put them in the living room, and set them on fire. When the fire department showed up, my cousin said the house was fully engulfed and the son was sitting on the porch telling the firefighters to let Satan take the house. My God, this house is so fucked up. It's terrifying. Then the home was rebuilt 
Four years later, my same cousin called us to tell us that the woman who was renting it currently with her children had taken all of the belongings in the home, put them in the living room, set them on fire. When the firefighters showed up, she too was sitting on the porch telling the firefighters to let Satan take the house. That's too many people. Too many people saying the same thing in the same house. Thankfully, all of her children were unharmed. The home was rebuilt. And years later, my husband was delivering pizzas and some friends lived in it. And I got to go back to the house. It looked the same. Like it was rebuilt with the same blueprints. And it felt the same. When I moved back to the mountains when I was 15 and met my husband, and I always told him about the things I experienced, he was skeptical. This was until he started to experience things himself. I would have these like staring seizures and would not answer anyone. And then I would come back a few seconds later, which interesting. I have been watching House a lot recently and they have Mm -hmm. a lot of the stories have like absent seizures where you're just like staring off and you're having a seizure, but like you don't like seize in the way that typical ones happen. Yeah. I remember there was a story. It scarred me so much as a kid, but it was like a news story of a real person who that happened to them. And then they entered a coma, but they were standing up. And so they were like frozen in a coma for like eight hours until someone found them and got them medical intervention. What? Yeah. I think I was like eight when this was on the news. So if anyone remembers it. Wow. I feel like if anyone has like any form of hypochondria, do not watch House. I watched it in (laughs) high school. Like I loved it. But I truly like it's all like these rare cases and like crazy diseases and illnesses that I'm like. I could just imagine someone watching this and be horrified that they have yeah. all these terrible things. I can't watch that show. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm not allowed. Like, I feel like they should block it off of your Hulu so you can't even <laughs> accidentally watch it. Okay, so during those seizures, I could hear or see people as if I was transported somewhere else. Over the years, I would have loved ones pass away and they would visit in dreams, always being spirits with them looking for help from me, but I didn't have my abilities honed in because it scared me. So sadly, I was never able to help. Plus, he who shall not be named scared me to death, and I always felt him near even though I never experienced sleep paralysis again. But during one of my seizures about 10 years ago, he visited. If you've been trying to lose weight but have found it difficult to, stress might be one of the reasons that you can't lose weight. If you have moderate to high stress, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress, it just wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which will then cause your body to store excess fat. And stress can also slow down your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. Mm-hmm. It's just this nasty cycle. And you know all about stress eating and sugar oh my cravings. Gosh. I don't have to tell you about no, that. I, we all know. We experienced it. I ate like an entire box of Lucky Charms the other day because I was so stressed. But now the good news. The studied ingredients in lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. If your life is a bit stressful and you want to lose weight, add lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com and enter T-G-O-G. That's promo code T-G-O-G at takelean.com, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease and is not a substitute or alternative for care from a healthcare provider. 
This was always a fear of mine because I knew he was evil. I was suddenly transported visually to a crowded train station that was outdoors somewhere and I didn't recognize it. There were several trains parked around me at loading zones almost. People of all nationalities, ages, and genders were hustling about and some seemingly confused, all while I'm standing motionless in the center watching it. Out of the corner of my eye, he walks into my view, looking very pleased with himself. He begins to talk, and with every word he spoke, my body is trembling, begging me to leave. I wanted to go anywhere but there. He tells me with a motion of his hand gliding through the air to show me the scene. He says that this is the train station for souls, and his purpose is to confuse souls to, instead of boarding their trains, to board his own, so that he can be in possession of their souls forever. I began telling him no and frantically screaming for people not to go. Some people began to turn towards me, and then I just returned to myself all of a sudden back in my living room, and I realized my husband's hands were in my hands, my fingernails digging into him. He had tried to wake me, which he had never done in 25 years, but he said I looked like I was in distress. I knew I had learned something I should not have. For a week, I slept with a rosary and begged God to close the door to my mind and that I couldn't handle it. And then after that, everything did slow down. Fast forward to the day before Thanksgiving last year, 2022. I am in my kitchen doing some cooking for the holidays and my husband is on our couch watching football. I have your podcast on And as I'm listening, I have the realization that the episode is about him. I've never told anyone my experiences except my husband and my kids. My son has abilities too. And suddenly it felt as if all the air in the room gets sucked out and the walls were closing in. I felt my legs buckle beneath me as the words you spoke coming out of the speaker matched everything I knew about him. My husband came to comfort me as I began to cry hysterically on my kitchen floor. No words spoken because really, what was he going to say? He was as shook as I was. I had no idea that anyone knew about him. In my bones, I know he is more evil than most beings and most things in the dark world. So please, I beg of you to protect yourself energy-wise. Since I binged episodes, I could see you guys being broken down and desensitized by it. And that's okay. I feel we all do the darker things that you are interested in, but I beg you to protect yourselves because... He is more evil than many believe, and I know he is not far from me, lurking in the shadows. And it is true that if you speak the name, you give it power. I have other ghost stories, but this email is already a mile and a half. All I want you to know is to be more cautious about the things that go bump in the night. Forever followed, Christina. Oh my gosh. I remember this, and you and I had talked after the campfire stories because we were like, shit people should know about this because it is one of those things where I think we named this entity's name frequently because we thought of it as being kind of like an extension of shadow people. And sometimes it could be really scary, but for a lot of other people, it would just appear and kind of- A watcher. Yeah, a watcher. And so I think it felt more like a household name that we just let come out of our mouths (laughs) willy-nilly. And it's good to be reminded that these things, we don't really know much about them and things can be really dark and we shouldn't desensitize ourselves to these things or should very much work on protecting ourselves because yeah, we could have an experience like this, you know, like one day we're just waking up and we have sleep paralysis and, and we see the thing in the corner of the room and that's it. But then five years later, we could be witnessing it basically being like a dementor and 
stealing people's souls and enjoying it and taunting the living who are sensitive enough, like Christina is, yeah, with the information. <sighs> it is really scary because it's like, obviously, shadow people are scary. And I think we've mm-hmm. read enough stories where we know that that is true. But when it comes to this man, I feel like it did feel very similar to shadow people. And it felt like it felt more like a watcher. But hearing this and hearing, I don't know, it's just like so scary to acknowledge that there are, what am I trying to say? We know nothing. And we are continuously learning. And Mm -hmm. I don't think we'll ever have the answers to what entities are or what they want. But it is clear that there are some very, very dark, malevolent spirits. Mm Mm-hmm. And the fact that this one is like trying to steal souls in the like train station of what I imagine is like where people go after death and then like they yeah. go to different places after that. But I hate the idea that this is like trying to trick and trying to manipulate and steal people who are confused and don't know what's going on. Yeah. You're just going to follow someone who speaks with conviction in that moment because you're fearful or confused or just don't know what's going on. It also makes me worry for the people who are astral projecting and accidentally find themselves in this place, you know, the people who are still alive and their souls are just wandering. Just another creature coming for them. I do really think that Christina is a witch, like a very powerful, maybe that's not the term that Christina wants to use, a psychic, a medium, whatever it might be, but like Christina has so much power and it is Mm -hmm. really sad that there's so much trauma in Christina's life that maybe enhanced this ability or impacted the ability. But I really do believe Christina is so powerful, like a wonderful, beautiful, magical human. You're the chosen one. You are Harry Potter. (laughs) (laughs) And what happens when people have that ability and they're very powerful, these darker entities are curious about them. because. Christina's a threat to them, you know? Mm-hmm. So thank you for emailing us yeah. and letting us spread the word. Yeah. If you ever want to start a coven, I will join. <laughs> Same. <laughs> okay. I <laughs> chose to be lighthearted again. <laughs> so this is called, damn it, grandma, let me shower in peace. <gasps> Grandma's watching you shower? grandma's making sure you get all those nooks and crannies (laughs) grandma loves her saint ives body scrub okay (laughs) hello ladies newer listener but i'm in love and i've been binging thankfully i'm a ladies and tangents listener so i got to find out about you Ooh, we hope you get to go to one of their live shows because they're starting tour soon Mm -hmm. this will be a long one so buckle up anyways my name is sam she her And I've grown up and have lived in small New England towns my entire life. Weirdly enough, old mill towns slash farm towns in my experience were wicked haunted. And that is what you'll hear about momentarily. I grew up in a small town in New Hampshire, about an hour and a half from Littleton. I hope I'm right about the town. Yes. Oh, I lived in Littleton. Yeah. When I was reading this email over, picking it out to read, I was so curious about my old house in Littleton because we lived there. My parents built a house in 1996. And we lived there for just a couple years. My brother was born there. And then we moved to Vermont because of my dad's job. And I was like, oh, I wonder if the guy who bought the house from us still lives there. And it was just sold in 2019. But it must have been like a private sale because there's no photos online of the sale. And I was like, no, I was hoping to get to see inside because I 
I only have my memories from when I was five. So are you pro going to knock on the door and being like, hey, I grew up here. I would, could I look at the house? No, because I know if someone did that to me, I would say no, because I'm too suspicious. Like I, I watch too many true crime documentaries and shows. I know that women and children and families are used as bait to make you put your guard down. I feel like I would have a lot of questions before I just let someone in. And so I, I just, I don't know. I wouldn't do it. Out of protection for someone else or out of... Yeah, just like to prevent their discomfort. discomfort because I know I would be very uncomfortable with mm. it. If you had all the money in the world, would you ever want to rebuy your childhood home? Well, my childhood home is the Vermont. I consider it the Vermont house. So yeah, absolutely. Okay. okay. But this other house... This house also is like the scary house, right? Well, the Vermont house is really the scary house. Oh. This house is the house that had... Well, no, I guess you're right. It had the shadow, the shadow family, people. the shadow figure family that yeah. lived in the corner by the bathroom in the mudroom. It had the man who moved with us from Guilford, New Hampshire to Littleton, who would just open and close the front door, flush right. the toilet and whistle and like turn on and off the lights. And he stayed there. He didn't follow us to Vermont. So hmm. I guess he was a New Hampshire guy. Uh, live yeah. free or die, baby. In the afterlife, too. <laughs> and then I woke up one time in the middle of the night and I saw a ghost. But it was weird because it like looked like a cartoon drawing of a ghost. It was very confusing. Oh, that's so interesting. It didn't just like look like a person. It looked like a like like Caspery. Yeah. Like hmm. it almost like looked like it had like the geek, 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 like the squiggles, like the triangles that you would draw as a little kid underneath your ghost as its tail almost. It was oh, weird. That's kind of cool though. Yeah. Maybe something was just trying to like let itself be known, but not scare me because I was so young. So they were like, right. oh, we'll just show up as like a friendly cartoon ghost. But it was mm. bizarre and it scared me more. <laughs> so All right. anyway, yeah, you're right. That house did have a lot going on. But I was excited that this email mentioned Little Tech. Of course. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Support for today's episode comes from One Skin. Now that the holiday buzz is behind us, it's time that we focus and we are focusing on our self-care and that means taking care of our skin's appearance and its health too. OneSkin makes it easy with their science-backed approach to healthier skin. Listen, I've become a science nerd because of this product. Their products are powered by scientifically proven peptide called OS1 that targets fine lines and wrinkles right where they start. OneSkin doesn't only promise healthier skin, they prove it and I am all in. Plus, for a limited time, our listeners get an exclusive 15% off OneSkin product using the code TGOG when you check out at oneskin.co. It's also very easy to use and just to incorporate their products into your current skincare routine because they have topical products that you can just, you know, you cleanse, you pat your skin dry, you apply this twice, and it's just, it's easy. It's part of the time that you already spend in the bathroom. Also, in a third-party 12-week clinical study performed by third-party research organization, OS01 Face was clinically proven to strengthen the skin barrier, improve skin health markers. Wrinkles were diminished in 87% of users. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code TGOG at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code TGOG. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. And please support our show and tell them that we sent you. New year, healthier skin, that's one skin. 
Let's hear what grandma's up to. Let's hear what grandma's up to an hour and a half away from Littleton. When the town was settled, it was a farm town and over time it turned into a mill town. My ancestors were one of the first families in this town when it was settled and no one ever left, so I have a lot of distant relatives in this town. Anywho, the house I grew up in was built by my distant grandparents, maybe fourth great-grandparents in the late 1800s, and the house stayed in my family for generations. Like, seriously, my mother and grandmother and all eight of her, of her siblings were born in my mother's bedroom. Whoa. So, between me and my mom and anyone else who lived there, we've got a lot of stories. These are just a few from that house. When my mom and her siblings were kids, my grandparents had a portrait of the individuals who built the house at the top of one of the staircases. This is important. When my aunt was a child, she had a neighborhood kid come and sleep over, and she was alone in the front room, the room where the wood stove was, waiting for my aunt. Everyone else, all of a sudden, heard this little girl screaming, bloody murder. Oh, shit. Naturally, everyone went running to her, and she was crying, and she was clearly terrified. After some serious questioning, she told them she saw a man standing in the room with her, but he was translucent. When she described what he looked like, she pointed to the picture and she said, this was the man. He didn't do anything to scare her besides just being visible, but she never came over to play at the house again. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. This reminds me of the article that you found about the girl who had the haunting experience at your place and wrote. It's in the newspaper. Like, we, I can't oh, wait yeah. to hear. I cannot wait for you to read it. Well, next episode. Yeah, I don't know the order of these encounters, but the next episode, I'll read it in the beginning. Okay. Perfect. That we record. When we moved into the house after my parents got divorced, my dog at the time would always bark at that portrait as it was still there. It was to the point where my mom took the picture down. Fast forward many years because I don't remember a lot of what happened when I was little. Now the activity was most active during the harvest time, so fall. The now bathroom was believed to be the original owner's bedroom. You knew when grandma was around because when you were in the bathroom, you would get this old rose perfume smell on occasion that would linger. And no, we did not have rose perfume in our house. So just imagine taking a shower and smelling rose and thinking, damn it, grandma, let me shower in peace. (laughs) She's just curious how you've grown up. She wants to, I don't know, <laughs> grandma. She's like, who is this naked person in what used to be my side of the bed? <laughs> like, right. This was her bedroom. It's very confusing. <laughs> what are you doing wet and lathered in her bedroom? Wet and lathered. I wonder, do you think she sees it as the bedroom or as the bathroom? I don't know. It makes me think of that movie Others with Nicole Kidman, where it's just like, mm. I guess they were perceiving the house the same, but it's, I don't know, I'm curious. Why do ghosts, some ghosts use the door and others walk through walls? I guess we don't know anything. (laughs) It's all back to us not knowing a single thing. No. Okay. So they write, no, I'm not done. This one summer day, me and my friend, let's call her C, we're having a sleepover at the house and we're about 12 or 13 at the time. It was hot. We had no air conditioning. And so we decided to wear bathing suits and shorts. (laughs) We set up her PS2 to the TV to play Tony Hawk. Now, our characters started to move by themselves, and we looked at our controllers, and we could see the joystick moving in circles. Eek. We brushed it off, and we went to the bedroom trying to connect it to my TV through the VCR player. And if you remember, we had to select channel three on VCR before we could connect a game console back then. And the VCR was going nuts. It was skipping through all the channels over and over. 
So then we what? went to my mom and she was like, grandma must be mad about your outfits. <laughs> <laughs> or is grandma super curious about what this is and is like, I want to play. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> like, yeah, give me a chance. Yeah. I've never been on a skateboard before. <laughs> we thought she was kidding. But just in case we put our shirts on and then grandma stopped messing with us. So me and C never wore bathing suits around the house's outfits again. Okay. You know what's not fair about that is that grandma's showing up when you're naked in the shower looking at you. Be all au natural. And then you wear a bathing suit and she's messing with you. And this is also like a great, great grandma too. So it's like, I'm sorry that we're not in head to toe wool suits (laughs) to go into the water. We know things about fabric now that you didn't. Grandma. (laughs) The last thing about this house that I want to share. When we moved into the house, my grandmother warned my mother to make sure that we had crosses on our bedroom doors to protect us from the spirits, especially my brother's room. Now, in all the time that we lived there, we never had a negative experience with the spirits. A little creepy sometimes, but nothing truly scary. But there were definitely times that my brother would go off the rails with these anger fits over Mm -hmm. almost nothing, and it wouldn't happen unless he went into his room. My mom at the time said that the ghosts, when they were alive, had very stressful farm lives, and whoever lived in that room was an angry spirit and would attach his feelings to my brother. Thankfully, it didn't happen very often, and it never turned violent. He would just be very angry for no reason at all, out of the blue, and it was very strange. So sad. So yeah, I grew up in a haunted house. The only other thing that I wanted to tell you, fast forward many years, I moved to another mill town and literally could see the mill from my front yard. My now husband's stepdad died in that house that we lived in. And this one time in the middle of the night, walking up to the bathroom, I ran into his ghost. Oh my God. I was walking with my head down. And you know when you do and you can sense a person is right there and you Mm -hmm. apologize for walking into them? Well, yeah, that's what I did. I apologized to my husband's dead stepdad, who didn't like me when he was alive, according to my mother-in-law. He didn't like anyone, so I don't take it personal. (laughs) So, yeah, I walked into his ghost, and I apologized for it. Well, I could keep on going with more ghost stories, but this email is already long enough. But I'll leave you with this. Next time, I'll tell you about my baby sister, at the time she was three, her ghost friend that she would play with when we lived on the edge of a cemetery. (sighs) See you on the other side. Sam. Okay, Sam's experienced a lot. It's like, I know. Yes, these are old mill towns and sure they're haunted, but I also feel like the amount that Sam is experiencing makes me wonder. I don't know if Sam, it's not just the towns that Sam's in, but it's Sam. Or it's just like, is this what happens when you have generations and generations of family who all live in the same town or pass down the same houses? Because maybe there's just like a curiosity or just like an attachment, you know? When it's like another generation and they're right there where you died or where you lived, how easy or curious would you be as a spirit to just be like, well, let me hang back and see what this next group is about? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But it's very fascinating that there's so much going on there and that you basically have to live your life by the rules of the dead, too, because it's like if they don't want (laughs) you wearing swimsuits inside, then I guess you don't wear swimsuits inside. The rules of the dead. I love that where it's like. I almost love the idea of you move into a home and it's like, there are some rules that we have, but the most important is you listen to the dead. (laughs) If they want their particular lot (laughs) and they're very inflexible. And you got to let grandma watch you shower and play with your PS2 skateboarding games. Yeah. 
I feel like this is a this is an example of something where like maybe they sh- should have just like explained what was going on, you know, and maybe it would have mm. been better. Or maybe not. Maybe grandma's just a little pervy little girl <laughs> who wants to see nudity. It's like Hetty in Ghosts. She's so offended by certain speech and topics, but then she herself will get a little nasty sometimes, you know? We're all a little nasty here. Yeah. Secret nastiness hiding and lurking in our brains. Comes out when you're a ghost, I guess. I go, Yeah. Maybe that's when we lose all of our filters. We're just like, fuck it. Do whatever I want. Who's going to stop me? I hope I don't wait until I'm dead to say, fuck it. Who cares? <laughs> no. I feel like we're already on our way there. Yeah. Well, you're also, right. can you look at the size of my aquaphor right now? I'll show, show you it. I kept like losing my aquaphors or Brian would put them through the laundry. So I bought a huge Jumbo. tube. Wow. Mm. Well, I love that for you. Gets both my lips at once. <laughs> okay, so the other day I was at the movie theater and I saw our friend Amanda from Sounds Like a Cult. And I was like, oh my gosh. She was like, this is so weird. I was about to send you an email. So it was very cosmic. <laughs> And I think totally. it's super spooky and something in the world wants us all to team up. And we have to tell you about Amanda's podcast, Sounds Like a Cult. It's a podcast about all culty groups that we all follow these days. So it's not necessarily about the ones that you think, like Jonestown and the Mansons, but more like Disney adults and church camp and Swifties or the Stanley Cups that I drink oh, from. Oh, yeah. On Sounds Like a Cult's new season, host Amanda Montel chooses different fanatical fringe group from the cultural zeitgeist and analyzes it with the help of expert guests, listener call-ins, juicy stories, and hilarious games to figure out if the group of the week is a live your life, a watch your back, or a get the fuck out level cult. It's a great blend of interesting and lighthearted. I really love the episode that Sounds Like a Cult did more recently about purity rings that one was so fascinating oh my gosh with normal gossip yes everyone should listen to sounds like a cult it's available on all major podcast platforms and new episodes come out every tuesday for more find the show on instagram at sounds like a cult pod okay i have a story to end us with it's from our listener loose and it's called Black Eyed Child Story, maybe? Oh, I feel like I always want these and we I very know. rarely get them. I know. Hi, friends. I have a story. Or maybe not. I'll let you decide. <laughs> Just before COVID, I made a couple hour trip to visit one of my childhood best friends. We're now in our 30s and still friends despite not living in the same city since we were 20. So we only see each other face-to-face a couple times a year, and we tend to stay up way too late reminiscing, watching Spice World, and cackle laughing over everything. That night, everyone else had gone to bed. It was very late, about 2 or 3 in the morning, and we were in her living room with all the lights on, meaning anyone on the street could have looked in the front windows and seen us. So I'm not sure what we were talking about, but somehow the conversation made its way to spooky topics, and she asked me if I'd ever heard of Black Eyed Kids. At the time, despite my manic binging of paranormal and true crime, somehow I had not heard of them. So she spent the next hour telling me all the creepy details in a quiet room since there was no other noise as to not wake the rest of her family. 
She got to the end of the story about the kids showing up to the man and woman's house who invited them in. I opened my mouth to say something, and the doorbell rang. We both jumped and screamed. Then we stared at each other waiting for someone to do something, but we didn't really know what (laughs) we were expecting to happen. She had two dogs, and neither of them barked. Her husband is in the army, and we thought maybe he'd come down curious to see who was at the house in the middle of the night. And we thought either one of her teens would come up to see what the noise was, or one of her small kids would have woken up from the very loud noise in the very quiet house, but nothing. Not one of the other five people who were in the house or the two dogs came. So we slowly creeped to the door, slid the chain lock, and cracked it open. No one was there. The next morning, we were asking her husband and kids why they didn't come to see who was at the door at 3 a.m. And even her husband was like, I didn't hear anything. He's a very light sleeper, so that's unusual for him. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I'll leave it to you. Was it the black-eyed kids called by the storytelling? Was it the neighborhood teens ding-dong ditching? Was it an axe murderer? (gasps) Or did we imagine the whole thing in some shared delusion fueled by lack of sleep and rosé? All my best, Luce. I do not think it was a delusion or a rosé-induced experience. No, me neither. That timing. I feel like, if anything, the rosé probably opened you up even more to experience something. It is kind of like, to Christina's point, like, talking about something and naming something, does it give it power? Like, do they know Mm -hmm. you're talking about them? (laughs) Here's what the rosé did, really. After talking about them, you still opened the door. (laughs) Yeah, that... (laughs) The rosé made you brave or dumb, (laughs) one of the two, but you still opened the door. Thank God there was nothing on the other side. I mean, I guess the thing is, is like if you come in contact with them, you're just not supposed to let them in. May we use your telegraph? No. No. Go find someone else. That would be a fun one to revisit. Like I'd almost want to go back and like re-listen to that episode and re-discuss it or retell that story. Yeah. And I bet there's more stories out there because I think we each covered – I feel like we covered a couple – stories that other people had of encounters. Mm -hmm. Like I remember there was like a little girl in the UK that was like coming out of the woods. Yeah. And then there was like a woman in a parking lot of a grocery store or something. And then Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then there was like the mother of the BEK. We gotta go back and listen. Let's revisit find if there are other stories out there like that that are written down. I would be curious if like there are people who have been listening to the podcast since the beginning or even those who've like caught up if there are topics that they would want us to do again. I know that they exist out there, but like it's been so many years. Like, is there a topic that you're like, oh, I want to hear what Corinne and Sabrina, who are now almost seven years the wiser, mm, that's a stretch, but who now are developed. (laughs) I don't know. Yes. What they would think. We're women now. (laughs) Grandma watches us shower. Actually, you know what? I was talking to my mom about this the other day. After my grandmother passed away, mm-hmm. I had that one encounter with the woman at, in my complex. And yes, it was a very, very powerful moment. But as someone who has had dreams of loved ones and like experienced a lot of paranormal interaction with my grandfather who passed away in my dreams, I've always wanted that with my grandma. And I haven't had that. And I was talking to my mom about it and how I felt very sad. And my mom said that she's actually had a lot of dreams of her dad, who I never met. He died before I was born. Mm -hmm. But that my grandma will be in those dreams, but she doesn't say anything. Like she's there, but she's not 
participating necessarily. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Maybe she doesn't feel the need. Yeah. Maybe she's an observer. Yeah. Yeah. She's there. She'll make herself known when it really, really, when she needs to. Yeah. I do smell her occasionally. She's not about the chit chat. Hey, me neither. You know, isn't that funny that I'm not about the chit chat, but we have a podcast and I talk all the time. (laughs) Well, you like chit chatting with me. (laughs) I do. I do. But I understand that. Neither of us are people that just, we each could do it, but we don't, we're not naturally the people who could just like talk to a wall and just right. are there to to talk and fill up the conversation. I'd rather listen. I don't really feel like what I have to say is all that important. I don't feel that way about what you say. But It's not a negative way. It's more of just like, I don't think everyone needs to talk. I agree with that. I also feel like I have too many anxious thoughts where if I talk too much, the next day or that evening just results in me thinking for even like triple the time that I was actually talking about all the things that I said and how other people could yeah. have interpreted them. And was I dumb? Did I talk too much? Like, yeah, I just overthink it all. So if I speak less then I'm, I'm in the clear. <laughs> I don't Fair. have as much anxiety. Yeah. And the podcast is great because we don't go back and listen to our conversation. So we have too many conversations to have. So there's not enough time to rethink so about true. what we already said. Yeah. I mean, even when we listen back to for the edits, like I like have to check out and be like, this is not me. Yeah. <laughs> not really consuming, not thinking about it. Yeah. See, we're haunted by ourselves more than anything. That's so true. That's so true. So if you're haunted, email us. <laughs> Great transition, Sabrina. Let us know. Email us at two girls one ghost podcast at gmail.com and join us on Patreon if you want all of these episodes, every single episode of ours, ad free and one week early, plus bonus episodes every month and live streams and campfire stories live. It's $5 a month and you get access to all of that. Oh, yeah. And if you want to support us in other ways, you can follow us on social media, you can watch us on YouTube. But most importantly, you can tell your friends about us because this is a pyramid scheme and we want everyone to get sucked into our triangle and never come out. Get sucked or get cleansed. And we want you to get sucked right now. Yeah, it's so much more fun to get sucked. Tis the month of sucking. (laughs) That's what they say. January is for sucking. (laughs) So tell people about us. Tell your coworkers. Tell your mom. Tell the person that is behind you in the grocery store who doesn't want to strike up conversation, but you decide to just start talking to them. Okay? So (laughs) let everyone know. And if you do that, we'll say you ate. Did I use that right? Yeah. (laughs) Also, what the fuck? I know our videos are frozen, but I I like already, here's my anxiety. I regret the motion I just did. I did some (laughs) weird ass face and like a hand. Okay, guys. Just help help us love ourselves more. <laughs> yes. Well, I love Tell you. Tell us your ghost stories. I love you. And we love all of you. And we love Jamie. Yes. Jamie edits our audio and video and does an amazing job. We love you all. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you on the other side. Very scary.